Hi, need a ride? Hop on in. I'm headed to Julia's Trucking Cafe. Come on, let's go. We made it just in time. Come on, let's go get a seat. Hey everybody, welcome to Julia's Trucker Cafe. Glad you have a seat and something to drink. Now just sit back and enjoy the show. I have lots of news to get to. Wait, do you hear that? Do you hear those? Wow, it sounds like spurs. Well, look who came to visit our cafe. If it isn't Sheriff Jeannie. Well, hey, Sheriff Jeannie, how are you this evening? Glad you could stop by. All right, come on. Now you all make room. Come on up here, Miss Jeannie. Come on up. I got a seat right up here in the front row. Oh, no. Saving, uh, standing at the back is okay? All right. Yeah, I know. Just in case you're on call. Sounds good. Thank you again for stopping in. So, everybody, okay, okay, let's pipe down. I have a lot of news to get to, so let's get right to it. A trucker feels a bump as he goes under an overpass traveling down the interstate in Houston. This happened Monday, November 13th, making this the second time in a month that spools of equipment have been loose on the city's freeways. This this was reported on, I'm sorry, this was reported on Monday. This happened on the 12th on Interstate 10 at Wayside in Houston, Texas. According to ABC News 13, 57-year-old truck driver Walter Penny, P-N-E, was hauling his load along I-10 West when he went underneath an overpass and felt a bump. Can I talk today? He then checked his mirrors and quickly realized that he had struck the top of the bridge. When they say top of the bridge, it meant underneath the bridge as he was going underneath it sending his load of fiber optic casing crashing off his trailer and onto the freeway, blocking the two westbound lanes. The scene caused major traffic backups as crews worked to remove the enormous spools from the road, but the incident has been cleared. Officials say that each spool weighed around 18,000 pounds, similar to the fast pool knocked loose on the same highway back in October which sent motorists scattering as it rolled on down the highway. Oh, that would have been a sight to see, huh? The Texas Department of Transportation says that overheight loads are a major issue in Houston and that Penny was cited for the incident. Getting snow in Kansas City turned deadly. Roads in Kansas City area turned deadly on Monday as light snow fell for much of the day, making for slick conditions. Well, we know that if you ever drove in Kansas City, we know that they don't like treating their streets ahead of time. 
People, it's called pre-treating the highway. They could do it in Ohio. They do it in Indiana. They pre-treat in Illinois. Even sometimes in Nebraska. I don't understand what's Missouri's problem. I even wiped out an F-150 because I hit a patch of black ice because they refused to, to treat the road. And I still have the scar on my by my eyebrow from that when I my head bounced off the dash. Anyway, back to the article. I digress. Sorry. Snowfall totals in Kansas City area, it varied depending on the location of Kansas City you were in. Areas north of downtown Kansas City seen one to two inches of snow. Areas to the south have seen as much as three inches or more. The Missouri Highway Patrol reported at noon, and there again, this was on Monday, this was November 12th, that troopers in the Kansas City area and surrounding counties had responded to 175 weather-related incidents, including 86 crashes. Those crashes included 10 injuries and 2 deaths. One of the deaths was reported in a crash on Interstate 49 in Missouri 291 in Harrisonville. The other was a head-on crash along Missouri 52 in Henry County. Details of the crashes were not immediately available when this article was written. The Highway Patrol said all roads in the Kansas City area were at least partially covered with snow or ice. The roads were expected to remain hazardous through Monday evening and into Tuesday morning. Anytime we have our first major weather event of the year, you see numerous crashes, says Sergeant Colin Stossberg, a spokesman for the Missouri Highway Patrol. Drivers were urged not to go out unless it was necessary. Uh, Sergeant Stossberg, you really need to get with Department of Transportation to start pre-treating the highways. That would save a lot of money and crashes. If you do not venture out, make sure you drive slow and pay attention, Stasberg also said. You should also wear your seatbelt. I can't stress enough the importance of wearing your seatbelt. Ah, bah humbug. Drivers should follow other vehicles at a safe distance. Turn on their headlights and be patient so that everyone can arrive at their destination safely, he said. Those who experience a roadside emergency or see a crash should call star 55 again that star 55 in the state of Missouri around the Kansas City area because of the number of crashes some police departments including those in Overland Park and Prairie Village ask drivers in non-injury accidents to walk in their reports later in other words go ahead and and fill out a report or something and make a report turn it into the police department at a later time not don't worry about right then at the accident if it's a minor fender bender the snowfall should come to an end monday afternoon said spence mel a meteorologist at the national weather service in pleasant hill but even after the snow stops falling drivers should expect secondary and untreated roads to be slick everything that is out on the roads will continue to stay there mel said Drivers should expect slick conditions through the evening rush hour. Tuesday morning, we'll get off to a bitterly cold start with lows in the mid-teens. Slick conditions will remain a hazard through the morning commute. If you go out, take it slow, Mel said. If you see shiny surfaces, it's probably ice. Take it easy and allow extra time. 
The Kansas Department of Transportation said on Twitter that its crews started treating bridges and overpasses in the Kansas City area before sunrise on Monday. That's just bridges and overpasses. What about the rest of the doggone highway? The plan for Monday afternoon was to treat for ice, paying extra attention to bridges and overpasses. A little late! They expected to finish treating the roads by the evening rush hour and monitor road conditions overnight. You should have been doing that before the storm hit, not wait till after it went through. Oy. For Tuesday morning's commute, drivers should expect ice in spots. Grandview said its crews started salting snow routes about 9 a.m. Monday. Crews were going over the snow routes with de-icing materials to reinforce the salt. In Kansas City, crews treated and plowed main roads Monday morning. They were out before the rush hour to treat bridges. In other news, a trucking company owner sentenced to a year in prison for lying about a hazmat load. A Montana trucking company owner was sentenced to a year in prison in order to pay more than a million dollars worth of fines following an explosion that seriously injured three workers and then attempted to cover it up. On Friday, November 9th, this is, so this is a little bit old, a U.S. District Judge sentenced 57-year-old Donald E. Wood Jr., owner of Woody's Trucking LLC, to a year and a day in prison, along with $1,289,370.40 in fines and restitution. Wood was found guilty in May of this year on multiple charges of conspiracy, wire fraud, mail fraud, obstruction of justice, and hazardous material shipping, paper, and placarding violations. The charges stem from a 2012 incident during which Wood tried to cover up the fact that the company was hauling hazmat without placards days after an explosion at an oil recycling plant. The explosion happened in, on December 29th of 2012 in Weebaux, Montana, after a Woody's trucking driver picked up a load of natural gas condensate or drip gas in North Dakota and delivered it to a custom carbon processing Inc. facility. However, the load's bills of lading identified the driver's load as slop oil and water, which isn't hazardous. On the date of the explosion, the driver was pumping from the trunk's truck's front tank into the CCP facility when flammable vapors from the drip gas ignited and caused an explosion, injuring three employees. The tanks on the truck burned for eight days. It was determined later that the truck contained drip gas and not slop oil and water, according to a news release from the U.S. Attorney's Office. The CCP facility was destroyed by the explosion. Holy mackerel. Days after the explosion, Wood reported told another one of his drivers to place a falsified bill of lading in the burned out truck. A falsified bill of lading was also submitted to the insurance company and to the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, or, or we know it as OSHA. Woody's trucking employees later sued the company and the CCP facility for negligence. Truck driver Kelly 
Steen, who was contracted by Woody's Trucking, was separately convicted in 2015 on a felony charge of transporting hazardous materials without a placard and sentenced to three years probation and a $2,000 fine. Now that's the driver that was leased on to Woody's. Assistant U.S. Attorney Brian Drake says that Wood engaged in deceitful, fraudulent, and dangerous conduct, manipulating his otherwise legitimate business practices in order to line his own pockets. Now, this is just amazing what a doggone owner would do to, you know, make the extra dollar. It just totally amazes me. This episode of Julia's Truck and Cafe is brought to you by Julia's Virtual Assistant Service. Have you ever thought about hiring a virtual assistant? Do you even know what a virtual assistant is? Well, may I suggest you contact Julia's Virtual Assistant Service to find out how they can help you and your business. Do you have things that you hate doing? Well, hand them over to Julia's Virtual Assistant Service and concentrate on the things that you enjoy doing. From basic website design, social media marketing, to transcription. Julia's Virtual Assistant Service can help you and your business with the things that you hate doing. Any task that you have, hand it over to them. Are you a truck driver, have to do taxes at the end of the year? Are you a lease owner-operator or just a regular owner-operator and you have to be able to send in all your receipts to your accountant? Send that over to Julia's Virtual Assistant Service. She'll put it in a spreadsheet for you and return all of your receipts and categorize monthly in order for you to turn it into your accountant. So contact them today with any tasks that you have by going to their website at juliasvaservice.com. That's Julia's, V as in Victor, A as in Apple, service.com, juliasvaservice.com. Visit the website today and click on contact us page. Now, the lack of adequate truck parking we've talked about in past episodes may be a factor in an accident that occurred in Pennsylvania. A violent crash involving a tractor trailer parked along the shoulder of a Pennsylvania interstate was caught on dash cam earlier in the week. And some people say lack of adequate truck parking may have been a factor. The crash happened on Monday, November 5th, on eastbound I-78 in Bethlehem Township, Pennsylvania. In the dash cam video captured at the scene just before the collision, you can see that parking areas on both sides of the interstate appear to be full and that trucks are parked along the shoulder of both sides of the roadway. As the video continues, you can see a small red car, car serve off... Let's try this again. As the video continues, you can see a small red car swerve off of the interstate, crashing into a semi-truck parked on the shoulder. The driver of that small red car was a 72-year-old woman who was later transported to the hospital for treatment of serious injuries. Nobody else, thank goodness, was hurt. While the car driver was clearly at fault for causing the crash, I can't talk today, she might not be in serious condition if the truck driver had better parking options that had been forced onto the side of the road. And the crash at that time still remains under investigation. This video will be in the show notes at our website at juliastruckandcafe.com and click on the cafe menu. Go to show notes 
and you can go ahead and see it there. Readers also respond about time to CVSA ruling on a directive of not to wake dry off-duty drivers to inspect their trucks. About time, several overdrive readers said in a response to a new policy from CVSA not to wake up off-duty drivers for a random inspection. Buddy Wenners took that one further. That would be called common sense, air quotes, but we know some inspectors don't always have that, quote unquote. Readers responded in large numbers to the news of the Commercial Vehicle Safety Alliance's new operational policy intended to provide law enforcement what the Alliance of Enforcement and Industry Participants view as best practice toward greater state-to-state -state uniformity. That policy, not to wake off-duty drivers for the purposes of conducting a random inspection. Responses range from exasperated positivity, about time, ran the two-word response of multiple readers at Overdrive's Facebook page, to, I hope they get the memo, identifications of specific problem jurisdiction jurisdictions. One area that seemed to go unclarified in CVSA's new policy was an issue that's been identified numerous times through the years by team operators. Officers requiring sleeping off-duty drivers in the bunk to be woken up for ID checks and other issues when there's clearly no need. Such an incident precipitated what memorably resulted in an obstruction case against a trucker, Kenny Campbell in the state of Georgia, which was ultimately thrown out and chronicled for this story. Timothy S. Earp commenting at the Facebook page, there needs to be something said about waking a team driver as well. If you're not going to out of service the current driver, you have no business talking to the one in the sleeper. As for clarification of the issue, CVSA Executive Director Colin Mooney emphasized the policy is to not wake up any drivers. As far as a co-driver needing to be woken up, it's not something that we encourage because it defeats the purpose at that point of the driver getting their rest. You know, y'all know what I say to that. Duh! With the ELDs, inspectors should have access to that information without having to wake up the driver anyway. While CVSA's Mooney to a degree and some readers express surprise over the very reality of the scenario, the new policy is intended to prevent, I've never had this happen, said Michael Bordelo. Don't know this was even an issue. There was plenty evidence to the contrary on off. Tell that to Indiana working both sides of the new truck parking lots on I-80 East and West, wrote Scott Bauman. M Matt some more uh, comments of this was from Matt Callum, Southern Ohio, too, he interjected. Guy Palmer noted that back in the day, I was woken up a lot of times for the same crap. Maybe they are finally fixing this, and so have I. That's like drivers parking at a way scale. This is not in the article. This is my commentary. Drivers parking in a way scale. We never parked in a way station back in the day because we were too concerned about getting woken up in the middle of our break to get a random inspection. Whoever decided to drive in there and do an inspection because he was ticked off or just he had nothing better to do. Brian Yonkers said Pennsylvania is really bad for this. 
and Daphne Lee Crawford believe the need for the policy pointed to a reason why there shouldn't be scale houses and rest areas, singling out Idaho and Pennsylvania, too. In New York, it's always common for the state patrol to set up portables in numerous rest areas, with some getting closer to more permanent scales, as recently reported. Shane Sprouse, y'all may need to put up signs at the TA in Hurricane West Virginia because that's their favorite spot. Vonnie White Magpie hoped Florida gets the memo. They are notorious for this in Lee, Florida at the Loves. And Andy Susi singled out Georgia inspectors for the practice. Ultimately, a measure of hope rang through the commentary as Roby Duprick put it simply, let's hope they honor that. New CVSA policy stresses that inspectors shouldn't interrupt off-duty drivers for a random inspection. Now, a truck, in other news, a truck driver reportedly attacked over a parking spot in Wildwood, Virginia, Wildwood, Florida, my bad, Wildwood, Florida. A truck driver parked at the TA truck stop off of I-75 in Wildwood, Florida, was allegedly attacked over a parking spot while sleeping in his truck. According to a report from villagesnews.com, the trucker was asleep in his rig when 51-year-old Brian James Kazi of Eaton Rapids, Michigan, started beating on his truck and ordering him to move. The report states the unnamed driver who was allegedly taking up two parking place spaces told Causey he wasn't going to move. The report goes on to say Causey then used a thermos to bust the window and appeared to be reaching for a gun in his waistband. The park driver then reportedly grabbed his own gun and fired a shot into the air to deter Causey from continuing his attack. According to the Sumter County Detention Center, Kazi was arrested and charged with third-degree felony aggravated assault and assault with a deadly weapon with intent to kill. Or, excuse me, my bad, let me redact that. Third-degree felony aggravated assault with a deadly weapon without, without intent to kill. Third-degree felony criminal mischief and first-degree felony burglary with assault or battery. He is held... At this time, he was being held on a $25,000 bond. An owner-operator hauls hope to disaster-stricken regions. Paul Lick, an owner-operator leased to Christensen Transportation out of Stratford, Missouri, felt a calling in 2005 after seeing the devastation along the Gulf Coast of Hurricane Katrina and wanted to use his truck to help those in need. I want to leave this show on a, on a higher note. He turned to Christensen, the company that he's leased to and has been hauling for for three years, which allowed him to use a company trailer and paid for his fuel to make two trips to the Gulf Coast to help those in the affected areas. He said, I finally reached a point where I could make a difference to a lot of people and do something that benefited only not only them and not only me. During his experience helping Katrina victims, Lick learn more about aiding in disaster relief and found another partner in Convoy of Hope, a nonprofit based in Springfield, Missouri. In his first trip to the Gulf Coast 
for Katrina, he hauled a load of donated medical supplies to Medical Center in Mississippi. His next trip was a load of water for FEMA, but he was turned away upon arrival when FEMA told him they had too much water. Lick then returned to the first medical center he delivered to, and they directed him to a church only two and a half miles away from the FEMA distribution center. The church had no water to hand out to neighbors, so they took half the load and sent Lick to a second church that was also in need of water. Volunteers with Convoy of Hope unload Paul Lick's trailer at a church outside of Houston, Texas after Hurricane Harvey struck that city last year in 2017. Last year when Hurricane Harvey hit Houston, Christensen helped Lick connect with the Convoy of Hope and he was able to haul two loads of food, water, cleaning supplies and more to a church about 60 miles west of Houston. From there, he volunteered to take a load directly to Houston to a church that was handing the supplies directly to impact the residents. His efforts continued this year along the East Coast for Hurricane Florence. He asked his company to call Convoy of Hope again and took a load of supplies to a church in Beulahville, North Carolina. The two-million-mile driver plans to continue his efforts to help storm-impacted areas in the future. I'm going to pick out a storm a year as long as I can do it, Lick said. I don't think I will have any trouble finding a storm. I want to say I greatly, greatly appreciate all of you that tune in every week to listen to the cafe. If you are new here to the cafe and you'd like to check us out at the bottom of every podcast episode on our website at juliastruckingcafe.com, there are links that I've listed on where you can find me like iHeartRadio, YouTube, iTunes, Facebook, and many more. Like us on Facebook and don't forget to join our discussion group at Julius Truck and Cafe Regulars. I share recipes on our page, videos, and much more. Please also subscribe to our email list and I will sh- send you the show notes, the articles that I just talked about in this episode or any episode right to your inbox. I don't share your emails with anybody. They are kept private. In the future, I'll be having new things coming out. And if you're on the email list, you'll have priority in getting those new things that are in the works. You'll be in, you have to want to stay in the know, listen to our show and subscribe to the email list. And before I forget, please feel free to leave a comment on the bottom of any episode that you listen to. I read each and every one, good, bad, or indifferent. You can always email me. My email is listed right on the contact page. And if you have an idea for an upcoming show, please feel free to email me. It's listed right there, uh, like I said, on the contact page on the website. So I hope everyone stays safe. And have a blessed rest of the week. Tune in next week.